Hello, and thank you for joining me for episode 159 of Ignite Your Influence podcast. I'm going in a little bit of a different direction this time. Um, As we think about building influence, being confident, being emotionally intelligent with the people around us, a lot of times those people around us are the people in our romantic lives and being able to influence um, the people we date, the people we marry, the people we are involved with romantically at home. So I decided to bring on Dr. Holly Beatty. She is a relationship expert, a dating coach, a matchmaker, an image consultant. She wraps it up with a holistic approach to helping you find that fulfilling love at last. She gives us some incredible tips on some of the steps that you need to take in order to be ready for a relationship, especially if one is just ended. And thinking about how do I eliminate those old patterns so I can truly find the relationship I've always wanted and never been able to find before taking that responsibility and jumping in. So enjoy this episode from Dr. Holly Beatty and start to learn some ways you can build some influence in your romantic life. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to Ignite Your Influence podcast. Dr. Holly Beatty, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, Anne. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to have you on because this is a a topic that we haven't talked about. But as we think about being able to show up with confidence in our lives with the people around us um, and build influence, dating is a significant piece of that. Finding love, finding your partner. Um, And it's often something that's big on people's minds, especially around this time of year. Uh, We've got Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas and Valentine's Day and None of us want to spend that time alone. So it's kind of a great time to have you on and chat through this. Yes, I thought so too. Yeah. So how did you end up in this role? I mean, you have a MD in clinical psychology, but you didn't start out as a dating coach, right? No, I didn't. No, and I didn't. And just to be super clear, um, I have a doctorate in clinical psychology. So it's actually a PsyD. Oh, got it. Okay. Anyone who knows what that means, most people don't, but um, yeah. So no, I certainly didn't start out as a dating coach. I, um, I, when I got out of grad school, I worked with trauma victims, actually teenage girls and boys, mostly girls um, who were all victims of crime of one sort or another. So it was pretty intense work. And I went straight through from kindergarten to doctorate Um and so I got a bit burnt out um, due to my trajectory, but also my caseload. And um, when that happened, I went into executive search where I was pairing top talent with corporations and startups. And I had done that as I worked my way through grad school. And so I did that for quite a few years, um, found it lucrative, but not terribly meaningful for me. And when I eventually got laid off, I really took it as an opportunity uh, to find my calling. And I knew I really wanted to help people, but I'm also very creative. And so I pursued all of my passions and took me to Africa. And when I got back, I decided to start my business as a dating coach. I really wanted to help people expedite their path to love. And um, so that's what I did. And then a couple years in, I had a business advisor suggest I get into matchmaking And I did that. And that was seven years ago. And I, last year due to COVID, I started writing my Love at Last Masterclass, helping uh, conscious single women find the love of their dreams. And that has been going incredibly well. 
And so, yeah, I just, I, I finally did find my calling and I just count myself as so fortunate to do work that, that brings me and my clients great joy. Right. Puts food on the table and is fulfilling. Yes. Yes, definitely. Isn't that about as good as it gets? Right. Exactly. Well, so I'm interested in this because I saw this on your website and, and you just said it as well. So this is definitely intentional language. You said conscious single women. Yes. What do you mean by that? Because of course I want to make the joke about, well, I hope they're conscious, but that's not, <laughs> but I don't think that's what you mean. So yes. what, what, what is, is helpful? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, great question. Um, I, most of my clients, um, you know, they've, they've done relationships before this, there isn't, this isn't their first rodeo. And so some of my clients have been divorced. Some have been in relationships. Um, but what most of my clients know is that it's better to be alone than to be in the wrong relationship. Hallelujah. Right. Mm -hmm. It usually takes some life experience and history to get to that place. Right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Usually uh, trial and error. Um, But what they also know is that life can be so much richer when shared with someone in a healthy relationship. And so most of my clients are right there. They know that they don't want to be with the wrong person. They've done that before. And they really want to co-create the relationship of their dreams. And most just don't know how. Mm. And so that's where I come in. All right. Well, can you give us some hints on how? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, there's, there's the making sure that you're prepared for love. Most of us don't really do that. I know I didn't before I met my amazing husband. I, you know, I did a little bit of healing work and then I jumped back on the horse and, you know, found the next best partner I could find, but I wasn't terribly intentional about who that was. Mm. And most of my clients, they're very keenly alert about what they want, but they're not that conscious about what they need. And so Mm. a lot of the work we do together is finding who the ideal partner for you is, right? Because it's different for every single one of us. And a lot of people don't know what to include or what to exclude in their criteria. And so we literally define it together. And we, we define what a yes is and what a no is to who we should be dating. Um, and a lot of it is based on where we've been, what's worked and what hasn't worked in the past. And we let that inform us as to what a good choice moving forward would be. So that's a lot of the work we do. And then I also, you know, empowerment is so important to me. So a lot of the work I do is empowering women to really ask for and require what they need in relationships, which I have found is super countercultural. It's not how we train girls to be. We train girls to be pleasers. And then we wonder why, however many years into a relationship, we aren't happy or fulfilled or connected. Yes. Get out of my head. Get out of my head, Dr. Holly. (laughs) This is something I just recently learned about myself. I have such a commitment to being low maintenance Uh, that for 48 years, I haven't been asking for what I wanted. Yes. And I had a black and white view of high maintenance or I'm low maintenance. And I knew high maintenance wasn't what I wanted to be. 
Yes. And I mean, it's built up so much resentment and like, I get angry with my partners and it's not their fault because I never told them what I wanted. So interesting. Yeah. Yes. So we don't really set up girls and women for successful relationships. And so a lot of what I do is kind of reprogramming and deconstructing, you know, how we were trained to be so that we can become who we were meant to be. Because we were intended to have the love of our dreams. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be in our heart if it wasn't intended for us. Now, did you find your partner after you had all gone through this process (laughs) yourself or did you get lucky and then realized it afterwards? No. um, Yeah. So, you know, part of the reason I do this work and part of my why is because, you know, I had lots of boyfriends along the way. I was a serial monogamist. And I had some really wonderful men in my life and I had some really not wonderful men in my life. And after the last of the latter, I took time off to just really focus on myself and um, ask myself some of the hard questions and did some really deep reflection. Um, I found a way to be comfortable being alone so that I was choosing based out of want and not need. And um, after eight months of spending time with my cat and family and horses and journaling and doing all this creative kind of reflection work, um, a man who'd long been my friend um, and I got together and, and we've been together ever since. So, and I, I really credit that it was actually eight months that I spent, um, you know, on self-love and taking inventory and taking responsibility um, for my choices before. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I really think that had I not done this eight months of work, um, I wouldn't be the right per- partner for him. I wouldn't have been ready. And that work that I did then continues to have me show up in a totally different way than I showed up before. Mm probably why you're so happy. It has a lot to do with him, but a lot to do with you. Completely. Yeah. So why is it so hard? Because I'm seeing a friend of mine who got divorced about a year ago, do this whole thing, jump right back into relationships, jump right back into, why is it so hard for us to take a break? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is um, if we're not comfortable being alone, then our propensity is to find the next best thing. You know, and so I think until we can find a way to get comfortable being alone, we're going to keep making those decisions out of need and not want. And we we never make our best decisions, at least emotionally and psychologically, when we need it. Mm, Yeah, I've been using the metaphor a lot um, because I'm working a lot in discomfort, especially around change, around conversations. And it's essentially the same thing, getting uncomfortable being alone. And I'm using this metaphor of, you know, oftentimes we're a mouse and we hit a wall and we turn and we hit a wall and we turn and it's time to stop, climb the wall and stand on the top and look around and say, okay, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to decide where I'm going rather than just take the next turn. Definitely. Um, that intention yeah. is so mm. key. Yeah. We often yeah. think that like, you know, that time heals. That's what we hear, right? Everybody says time heals, but time doesn't actually heal. It's intention that heals. It's epiphanies. Mm. It's, it's having greater clarity and understanding and then 
having that inform our choices moving forward. Yeah. And that takes that intentional work. It doesn't just happen. We've got to make it happen. And it's, it's uncomfortable. Like you dig up some stuff, especially when you talked about taking responsibility after I was in an emotionally and verbally abusive marriage. And after I got out of that, one of the most important questions that was asked to me was what was your responsibility in it? And I was like, oh, no, you know, and I like he did this and he did this and he did this. He said, at some point you said all that was okay. Yes. And it was super early. But I mean, like I again, never asking what I needed, never saying what was not okay. Um, And so that 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 taking accountability for your past mistakes, not beating yourself up about them, but saying, okay, I don't want to do that again. Right. And, And it's it's hard and it's uncomfortable. Yes. Yes, that part can be, but it can be amazing how quickly those insights and clarity can come when we're willing to look at it Mm. now and make a different choice. It doesn't take a long time. It doesn't have to be super painful. A lot of times we've already experienced as much the majority or lion's share of the pain that we're going to feel. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many people walking around with emotional traumas, you know, they're not over the ex, the divorce, mm. the last relationship, the boyfriend, the girlfriend. And, um, you know, to that, I say there are no failed relationships except those we haven't taken the lesson from. And the only reason that that pain is still there is because there's lessons there that we're supposed to be taking from it. And as soon as we do, this is the best part. The pain goes away. Mm. Because the only intention for that pain was to get you to look at it so you could become more, right? Yeah. And then yeah. make better choices. And Well, and it gives you that feeling of resilience and hopefulness that I have some control in this. There's something yeah. I can do so I don't end up in that again, right? Yes. There is so much. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up control because, I mean, the only thing we ever have control over is ourselves anyway. Right. Right. So yep. why not? harness that power, that inner power that we have, that we often, especially as women, forget we have, right? Um, But, you know, I hear from so many women how frustrated and exhausted they are with dating, and they're they're about ready to throw in the towel if they haven't already, and they don't like what's showing up. And what most women don't realize is we have tremendous power, far more than we know and we think we do in dating yeah. and a lot of it is how we show up yep totally and so once you get them all prepped and they've gone through their their inner work and they they know what they want they know what they don't want and they're ready to make some intentional choices is that kind of where you br- you shift from dating coach to matchmaker do you bring in the the pool all right boys come on in <laughs> line up against the wall please turn to the left Cough. Yes. no don't anyway Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. Yeah. For some, yes. For others, they do the masterclass and they find them themselves. Like my, one of my most recent clients, she manifested the love of her life in the first six weeks of the class. And she said to me, she said, I got to tell you, Dr. Holly, she said, I was skeptical when I started this class. And she's like, "I, I honestly didn't even think that love like this existed. So a lot of my clients are that way. They hope that it exists and um, I hold the torch for them 
you know, until they would belief. Yeah. Carry it for themselves. And I yep. teach them the way, the way to manifest. And it's not that you have to have a thousand percent belief, you know, most people don't, but you need a grain of a mustard seed. You know, you need your beliefs to be aligned with your ultimate goal in order to manifest that. Right. So, yeah. And so yeah, what are some don't even need me. <laughs> what's that? Um, some don't even need the matchmaking because they manifest the partner of their dreams in the masterclass, which is optimal. Yeah. But yeah, for those who haven't yet, but are um, committed to dating in an empowered way, then yeah, then they're ready for matchmaking. Because one of the reasons that I created the masterclass was because I found that those who had done coaching first before matchmaking were far more successful with the matchmaking. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we just tended to date as we did before, which is, you know, part of the reason that it didn't work out. I was about to say we're single now and <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we need some different criteria. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what's involved in manifesting your soulmate, your perfect partner? Yes. Well, um, I have five different steps for it. Actually, is it six? It's six. <laughs> I just got back from vacation. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the so, first, that third step is really easy anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, one is, you know, becoming your best version because like attracts like, and isn't it better to attract someone when we're at our best than when we're at 50%? Mm -hmm. I think so. So we start there and then we go into beliefs, we examine our beliefs and we make sure that they're aligned to our goal. And then we define our partner criteria. Um, we look back at what's worked and what hasn't worked. Um, I have them fill out my VIP matchmaking worksheets, which are really fun. But to drill down like eye color, hair color, height, you know, everything, you know, the more superficial, but also, you know, plays a role. Yeah. Two values, you know, and, um, you know, what really matters to us, because what matters to us should matter to our partner. We should have shared values for it to really be sustainable. Mm -hmm. Make sure we have shared goals and things of that nature. So we define our partner criteria. And then I coach you as to how to qualify dates based on your criteria. So we define that hard yes and that hard no. And then we go into teaching, teaching our partners how to treat us because that piece is so, so key. And that goes right back to the asking for what we need. Yes. Is definitely. a knowing what we need and then actually having the guts to say it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. I and love it. That part is so important, knowing what we need and want, right? Well, especially we from the very beginning, you know, like yes. let's start it off on the right yes. foot. So, oh, I don't, you know. Completely because you want to set the precedent from day one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. When I know how to show up fully from day one. Right. Cause yeah. yeah, when I finally figured this out about myself, I was five years into the relationship with my current partner and I'm like, look, I'm about to rip the rug out from under you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of changing the rules here, but yeah. I realized I'm kind of creating my own problem here and here's yes. what I needed. Which can be hard to do. I was actually in a relationship where the rules were changed years in too. Yeah. And it's not to say you can't navigate that, but it is a lot easier for your partner if you show up, you know, day one, one way, as opposed to five years in having to kind of flip the script a bit. 
Right, right. Unfortunately, he's awesome. He's stuck. I mean, he doesn't mean this doesn't mean he's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. Completely separate to this. But yeah. fortunately, he saw the benefit to stick it around. But I knew mm-hmm. that it was an option that he'd be like, you know, this isn't what I signed up for, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, good All for right. you for having the courage to do that because it it does take courage, you know. Well, and and like you said, once you turn on the light bulb, once you have that knowledge of what you need. Yeah. You can't forget about it. And you know where all your problems are happening. And like, it, I, I'm creating them all. And if I don't ask for this, I'm going to keep needing it. And I'm going to keep realizing it now. And it's going to end anyway. So, yes. So you course corrected, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to, to ask for it, especially as women, when we're, when we're programmed, you know, and socialized to please others. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and I, and I, it's interesting that you say that because I consider myself an incredibly independent, very courageous, very, you know, and then I look back at all the relationships that I had and I never asked for what I wanted. And, and so it's so easy to say, oh, no, I'm courageous. I'm doing everything right. And then you realize, oh, crap, I totally am not. And I'm totally terrified to actually start doing it. So it's really interesting that, you know, as we think of our own self-image and who we think we are, and then we realize these things, we need to be open to the fact that, okay, I haven't, you know, and it has been something that I've avoided because I'm scared of it. Well, and sometimes it's easier to show up confidently and independently in our careers you know, but it's less easy to do at home mm-hmm. and, you know, in our love lives. And so it just takes a little bit of practice, you know, it's like a muscle gets a little easier over time, you know, to ask for what we need. And, yeah. and the good thing is men who really care about us, they really want to know, they really want to know what makes us happy yeah. what makes us tick and what we need in order for the relationship to last. I mean, when a man has to guess, good luck. You know, it's, so it's really, it's really co-creating the relationship that you really want by giving him a a clear path to your heart. And it just makes life so much easier, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it's intentional. It's not luck and who you find at the corner bar on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it is who you choose. And part of it is how you show up Mm -hmm. once you meet him and what you require and you know, how he shows up and how receptive you are to each other and mm-hmm. you have a growth mindset, you know, there's a lot of variables, but right. Right. Which is why we don't, we don't do it alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you also, you also say how you show up. You also do image consulting. Is that right? I do. I do. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, obviously these things are all aligned. You showing up, not only your image, physically, but your image, like as far as your dress, your hair and all that stuff, but you're probably going into image online and image with, you know, how you're communicating and things like that as well. I mean, it's a big nut. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really holistic, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's very holistic. And, you know, the most important relationship that we ever have is with ourselves because our relationship with ourselves determines what we will and won't tolerate from a partner or anyone in our lives, family, career, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And the perfect mate doesn't make you happy. The perfect mate augments your own happiness that already exists. And I think that's such an important piece to learn as well. It's so true. 
It's mm. so important. That has to be optimally intact before you meet your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody that's listening right now, do your inner work. Um, Dr. Holly has eight tips to land more dates on her website. If you jump to findloveatlast.com, you can see at the very top and click on get those eight tips. But Dr. Holly, you have another offer for our listeners today. I do. I do. Yes. So um, I'd like to offer your listeners the first five people who email me um, will receive a free dating success call with me where we can talk about whatever's going on in your love life. Some people tell me there's nothing going on in my love life. (laughs) (laughs) How to get something going in your love life. And yeah, I can't wait to hear from your listeners. Um, Will you put in the podcast notes, contact information for me? You can go to my website at findloveatlast.com and and, uh, reach out to me and just reference this podcast. So I know that this is where you heard from me. And yeah. All right. Perfect. First five. So jump in, find love at last.com. And I'll put Holly's email also in the show notes. So you can just go right to her, get book that call and get some help right now with finding love at last. Dr. Holly, thank you so much for your time today. This has been very enlightening. I love it. Oh, I'm so glad. This is so great. You have such lovely energy and uh, it's a total pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And as you're thinking about building influence, getting your own stuff together is so important. Not just influencing your love life, but influencing everybody around you. So take some time, do that inner work. If you need that help, reach out to Dr. Holly or maybe another relationship coach so you can get yourself straight. So you're ready to find a really fulfilling relationship, not only for your partner, but for you. So good luck, everybody. Holidays are coming. We don't want to spend them alone. So do a little bit of that inner work. And if you want to grab a little bit of weekly inspiration in your inbox on how to build influence, go ahead and jump on my email list. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. But forget about my email. You need Holly's email to grab one of those calls. Holly at findloveatlast.com. I'll put it in the show notes, but go quick. Get one of those calls. There's only five available. Jump in. Good luck and have a wonderful Thanksgiving.